Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. If you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, exercise, medications, and surgery. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and and consult consult your doctors. doctors. Guys, we all need our vitamins after surgery, regardless of what you think. Yes. It's a must. Yes. So why not choose the easiest and the best tasting in the community? Seriously, it's ProCare, guys. ProCare is so delicious. I use their chewable for over a year. That's how I know. Yes. And I love their capsules. Yes. Love them. They're once a day. I take them at night. Yes. The calcium chews. mm, They have mocktail ones. So go over to ProCareNow.com and use our code OSLP to save some money. Guys, how do you get better prepared for your weight loss journey? Duh, by getting all the guesswork out of your portion control. And Uba does that for you. They make portion control products like plates, bowls, portion containers, and even flatware. And they're porcelain, which means that they are oven, dishwasher, and microwave safe. No plastic. Yeah. So go get your Uba containers now. My goodness. So you can either go to our link in our bio or you can just go over to their website. It is ubahome.co and that is ubahome.co and use OSLP for a discount. Are you feeling lost, alone, maybe a little unsupported in your bariatric journey? Well, if you are, we have a great resource for you. It's called the tribe membership and they have support groups every single day with experts in their field who also had bariatric surgery. Comes with journal prompts, workouts and recipes, you name it. They got it. You'll never feel alone again once you join the tribe. Now go over to thesleevedietitian.com and use code OSLP at checkout. Welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Our Sleeve Life podcast. And this is Kelly. This is Maha. And uh, you guys, there is the award show. What? There's an award show? I know. I know. It came out of left field. Um, (laughs) There is an award show. It is called the Just Be You Bariatric Award Show. That's right. It is going to be in Washington, D.C. this year. right. This is the second year running. Yes. And for those that for some reason don't know what the Just Be You award show is, it's a basically it's a People's Choice Award for our community. Yes. So back in April, we decided to open up nominations for a full 30 days. Yes. So right now. We're calculating all those up. We the are. top five get to be in their categories. There's yes. 26 categories this there year. There is. There is. There's 26. I can't believe That's it. Right. One category for every letter in the alphabet. That's what we did. That is true. Yeah, that is true. And we could not do 25 because Mel likes even numbers. Mm-hmm. So we did 26. That's right. Um, And who knows? Next year, we might have 28 or oh 30. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> be wild. Um, but it is going to be on September 30th. Yes. It is a full weekend of uh, festivities. Of course. Um, We have some things planned that we are slowly rolling out mm-hmm. um, as we get them confirmed. But we have... So much fun planned. And the night of the award show, it is not just the award show. We You get to come in, walk the pink carpet, get mm-hmm. your photos taken. Then you get to go and watch the show, which is, hello, that's why we're all there. Yep. Um, and then after the show, there is an after party. There is catering. There is mm-hmm. a DJ. There is a dance floor. There are two bars. That's right. There are so many things to do during this. And we are going to have a photo booth. 
Yeah. Maybe something else fun that inc- maybe includes videos, photos, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and you can still walk the pink carpet after and take photos again if of you course. want to take photos with your group. Um, so, so much fun planned. So you definitely do not want to miss this. Uh, tickets and all the information is you can find on jbyawards.com. That's right. While you are on your computer, though, or your phone or your tablet, Go to OurSleeveLifePodcast.com and you want to sign up for our newsletter. And I will tell you why. Because you get a free ebook. You do get a free ebook. And you also get updates about us, what we're doing. The award show. We get stuff about the award show. You get to hear about our patrons, which Mm -hmm. if you don't know what a patron and they actually get discounts to the award show. They do. They also get to have a rooftop brunch yes. on Sunday. I know. I know we're crazy over I here. I know, but we but like making it happen. Yeah, we like to give back to our patrons because we mm. wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for you guys. Correct. So all of our benchies get to have a benchy brunch on Sunday after mm-hmm. the show. Um, it's going to be so much fun. So yes. if you want to become one of those, that is patreon.com forward slash OSLP. Pick at least $7 or higher. You get your your discount to go hang out with us and you get to have a a benchy brunch for free. Plus, when you sign up for that level, you get the benchy support group. That's right. And the benchy support group is full of people. There is over 260 people in there and Mm -hmm. all of them are so bonded at this point. They all know each other. They talk back and forth. They share photos. Well, and they're super unique because we have all age ranges. I think the youngest we have is like 24 and then the oldest is like 60. Yes. And we have men and women. And so they actually get to connect on a whole different level Mm -hmm. than I've ever seen. And they find their very besties in there. Yes. And they're like the JBY show. Twinsies too. And twinsies. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of fun over there. Lots of information over there. If you're having an issue, ask a question. Every question is open to ask over there. Yeah. Um, and then also you want to go to our YouTube. Yeah. Because that's a free way to support yes. us. So if you can't support us monetarily, we totally understand. Mm-hmm. But yes, go to YouTube. It means more to us than you. You just mm-hmm. hit the bell, hit the subscribe, and then you get an actual video every single Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. You wake up to a video of us. A video of us. And then sometimes we have guests and sometimes we don't. But today we do. Today we have a guest. Yes, we do. And we are super excited mm-hmm. because he is the president of, well, used to be the ASMBS Foundation. Yes. But we have a new name. Yes, we do. For them. So let's introduce Dr. Carl Pesta himself to tell us what the new name is. Thank Hi, you ladies, so much. You? Thanks Good. for being on. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me back. It's such yes, a pleasure. Of course. It was uh, great to see you in New Orleans yes. and uh, great to see you again back on the computer screen. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Yeah. And oh my gosh, New Orleans, you're singing and then always a pleasure. Always oh my a pleasure. And then we loved having you like as our commentary when oh we judged the, oh, right. the costume contest. Oh my gosh. That was so fun. We need you at all times. For yes. That. Yes. Because that, that made that. Super fun. 10 times more fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I always say I'm an entertainer, but I need to do surgery to pay the bills. So you know what I mean? So That's fair. Someday, yeah. I someday believe I'll, it. I, I hope to retire as a, on a cruise ship, like as a, like a ship's doctor by day in the lounge act at night. I think I can just tour the world. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yes. That's a perfect retirement. I can see you doing it because you do really good things. Frank Sinatra songs. Yes. I love it. I oh, love my God. He's, he's over my shoulder. Yes, right he, is. he is. Always watching over me. <laughs> yes, I love it. So right there has been some changes with the ASMBS Foundation. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the ASMDS Foundation, we, um, you know, we've been around for 25 years, mm-hmm. uh, raising money and funds for research. And really, it's the, it's the number one supporter for research for our National Society, the ASMBS. Um, but what we always found, even though we've been around for so long, when we try to talk to people about what is the ASMBS Foundation, if you're talking to somebody who's not familiar with weight loss surgery or mm-hmm. the society in general, you know, that 10 second elevator pitch is really tough because first you'd have to describe what is ASMBS, mm-hmm. what is weight loss surgery, um, and then you'd say, okay, we're the foundation that supports that. Yeah. So um, through uh, multiple people, uh, started with the brainchild of Dr. Rami Lutfi out of Chicago. He's a great buddy. Uh, he was president of the the foundation when we got this going. Um, And then uh, he just said, you know, we got to, we got to change the face of what's going on with the foundation. Let's, let's brighten it up. Let's make it more apparent as to what it is. Mm -hmm. So that kind of kicked things off a few years ago and we've been working through this process. Well, through a uh, rebranding company, we worked with them for almost a year to talk about, you know, how are we going to make this so that the new name tells what it is, tells us, you know, tells everybody what we are, what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, after all these meetings of, you know, what's important to the society, what's important to the name, uh, we came up with, drum roll, please. Yeah. The Trio Foundation. Yeah, Trio Foundation. So, it's so cute. Trio. I love it. Yeah. So T-R-E-O versus, you know, how you normally spell trio, but T-R-E-O. Mm-hmm. And what that stands for is treatment research and education to end obesity. So treatment, research, education to end obesity. So T-R-E-O. And so now you can say right off the bat, the TRIO Foundation, well, basically we raise money for treatment, research, and education to end obesity, whether it's surgically involved or not. And so I really think with the new logo, with the new name, people are getting a great idea about what the foundation's all about. And so super excited. We just had our rollout. Uh, we've got all kinds of uh, rebranding stuff coming out there and Yay. it's been really exciting. Oh, yeah. it yeah. looks amazing. I love the new logo. I did not realize that's what it meant. And I'm huh? like, I got full body chills when mm-hmm. you told me, because that's exactly what you guys do is try to end obesity w- through treatment and education yeah. and research. So it's perfect. I it's love perfect. it. We are, we are the, so we're really the only one that supports um, uh, well, from a, a, a standpoint of uh, supporting surgical mm-hmm. types of issues, you know, mm-hmm. so it fits in very well with the society. Um, uh, our money that we raise annually will, uh, we, we give out currently about $50,000 uh, in grants, usually two $25,000 grants. So mm-hmm. what that means for people is that, you know, we've got wonderful clinicians throughout, uh, throughout the country and, and they want to do some research on, let's say, um, a, a new medic, um, new medication that may help after surgery or mm-hmm. a, a, a new process that may help during surgery or a new device. Mm-hmm. And so in order to perform these research uh, endeavors, they have to have funds to do it. Yeah. And so a lot of, a lot of people just, they don't have that opportunity. So we start with seed money so that people can take their idea um, let's say they need to create a bunch of flyers to give to the patients to just monitor their symptoms and whatever it is they need to get that started. Um, we are able to support that through these grants. So, like I said, uh, we've been doing two $25,000 grants a year. 
Um, we did just support uh, a very big endeavor uh, last year that I'd love to tell everybody about. Yeah. Um, that was called the, the NORC survey. So uh, the NORC survey is out of the University of Chicago. And what they do is they interview thousands of people throughout the United States. So it's not put on by the society. It's done outside of the clinicians because some people say, well, if it's put on by the physicians, they're going to kind of skew it their way. Mm-hmm. Well, the NORC survey is very well known for how it... Um, how it handles it. It just asks the general public, you know, what is your ideas of obesity? How has it changed uh, since the pandemic? Because we know there were so many issues associated with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so what we found is that, you know, more and more people are realizing that uh, the disease of obesity is impacting their overall health. Mm-hmm. And of course, when it came to the pandemic, we knew it was um, one of the primary factors in, in early mortality or mm-hmm. dying from COVID and um, developing all these other symptoms. So what the NORC survey did uh, that was funded by the TRIO Foundation, $70,000 grant actually, um, it basically, it uh, it showed that, yes, we, we need to continue to address this disease process. Uh, we know that surgery is the best option for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it just really made an impact. So now it's being this uh, through the NORC survey, it's being broadcast into, you know, news and world report. It's hitting the mainstream media, not just the periodicals and the, and the journals that we as physicians read, mm-hmm. but really for the general public. Right. And it kind of shine a nice spotlight on that. So that's amazing. That's, uh, that's what we've been doing with our, with our funds. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that you guys do so much for us as patients to get it out there. Cause you know, that's our whole mission is to get it out and have people realize that surgery is an option. It's not as scary as they think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that it saves lives. Well, and it's okay if you need it. Mm-hmm. I think that's, the it's not a failure because obesity is a disease mm-hmm. and right. we know more and more about it now. Mm-hmm. And with you guys actually bring more light to it, because when I talk about obesity, people still think like, Oh, that's just because you guys are lazy, lazy. And, and I'm like, oh, if I could just like school you right now, yeah. I would tell you all of the things because yep. people don't realize that it is an actual disease. And that once you hit a certain barrier, mm-hmm. there's not much of a return. It's almost like ha- just having diabetes. Mm-hmm. So it's like we need to be treated the same. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I agree, you know, and, and that's really a big push from our society about and and our society is called the American uh, a society for metabolic and bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, years ago, we put in the metabolic term because we realized that it has such an impact on overall health from mm-hmm. high blood pressure to diabetes, to sleep apnea. Um, and it can really treat and cure a lot of these processes that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it is so important that you continue to share that message. Um, I mean, there's so much research. And again, these are some of the research studies that we do as far as, um, you know, what what it is and how surgery does affect right. our hunger, how it does affect our um, hormones after mm-hmm. surgery, about how the things that drive our, our drive the disease of obesity are reversed through surgery. Mm-hmm. So it's changing of hormones, it's changing of our gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got the research that proves it, that it's, it's so much more um, than just lifestyle modification. The surgery is actually correct deficiencies or problems that occur in the body that cause the disease of obesity mm-hmm. was really important. Well, yeah, and not to message. mention, um, you know, my autoimmune diseases, they got so yeah. much better yeah. once I lost the weight. So it, mm-hmm. it also helps with overall chronic pain. 
It helps with because my my sciatica was crazy before I couldn't even stand for 10 minutes before surgery. And then yeah. after surgery, I was walking the halls. Mm-hmm. I had no pain. So and once the weight started really falling off, then it was an all over pain relief yes. for me. Yes. So it helps not only, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, all of that. But for us that have struggle with autoimmune, it, it helps with that also. So it's. Right. It's a lifesaver. It I, really is. I recommend it. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then speaking of that, we were going to talk to you about why we do the order that we do after surgery. Yes. And <gasps> please tell our audience that don't know you like, you know, what is your surgery background? How long mm-hmm. have you been a surgeon and what you do on the oh, daily? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my surgical practice, I graduated residency in 2001. Okay. And uh, gosh, it's hard to believe it's been that long already. Right. I feel like I'm getting younger, but, but uh, <laughs> uh, with the with the years come experience. And uh, so over 5,000 procedures, uh, I do all, all types of bariatric surgery from um, gastric balloons to gastric bands to gastric sleeves to gastric bypass uh, to the switches now more endoscopic procedures um, but the bread the bread and butter of our bariatric practice is still pretty much the gastric bypass the gastric sleeve I did four gastric sleeves today before we got a chance to talk so we've got uh, three new sisters and one new brother in the community Yay! Uh, <laughs> So it was a nice busy day, um, but it, really my passion is with um, with aftercare and and working with the patients. There are some programs out there where uh, and everybody's different, but um, you know where they may have a surgery and then they don't necessarily see their surgeon. I see my patients lifelong. I think you know long term continuity is so important. Um, some people have primary care doctors take care of that afterwards or bariatricians. So every practice is different, but yeah. me personally, I love to, you know, see the patients and, and uh, be with them uh, because it's so much a part of uh, what I enjoy about the practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy doing surgery, but more importantly, like the events we did in New Orleans, mm-hmm. like, uh, like uh, I hope to do with you in DC mm-hmm. um, yeah. is really the celebration of, of what comes along with it. I mean, you know, when we, when they ask you why you want to go into medicine, it's the first question they ask in your medical school interview. Why, you know, why do you want to go into medicine? And, and I, I think most people say this, like, I want to help people, yeah. but I can't think of a better profession of than a weight loss surgeon, a bariatric surgeon who really, uh, you, you already explained it, um, Kelly. It's just like, you know, things that change afterwards and how your life changes. And, oh my gosh, I mean, I can imagine that for some of the, you know, cancer surgeons, how they may be saving lives like that. But yeah. when people change their surgery, their birthday to their surgery day, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, it's just so rewarding to, to me as a clinician. So I mean, that's my practice in a nutshell. I like, I do some cosmetic procedure as well for like skin removal after surgery. Um, oh. I do the endoscopic stuff as well, but um, it's just my passion for it that keeps me going. And I absolutely love it. Prepping and measuring your food post-op is a beast all in itself. Portion Perfection has actually made it super, super simple. They have bowls, plates, and even a lunch bag called the kitten carry where you can have all of the system ready to go. Especially when you're on a road trip, that thing is a lifesaver. Yes. So if you want to get these things to help your journey, just go over to portionperfection.com and use our code 15OSLPOD. And again, that's 15OSLPOD. And you can also go over to our Amazon storefront to pick out any of those that you would like to use. We found a company that was founded by a bariatric surgeon 
for his patients. He is just trying to make their lives easier. And so they have created a whole array of snacks and dinners and just all the foods you could possibly want that have protein in them and are delicious. Yeah. And they're so freaking good that we took them on tour with us because we tried them on a live. So you guys can always go back and watch that. Mm-hmm. And we liked every single bar. So we were shocked. We don't want you guys to miss out. So go over to berrylife.com, use OSLP and get your discount. While we were in Florida, we got to visit one of our favorite bariatric surgeons, Dr. Donald Fridley at Surgical Associates, a bayonet point. They tailor make all their plans to the unique needs of each patient. They have this cool thing there. It's an in-body scanner and you get to do it pre-op and post-op. So that way you can see all the differences and all the changes that happen. And he's also one of the surgeons that does his surgery with robotics. And we got to play with that. We did. So we were so so excited and we want you to have such a special care that they give. So go over to SABPweightloss.com right now or give their office a call at 727-819-819. 9107. That's right. So, and tell them that the OSLP girls sent you and they're going to take great care of you. Yeah. I think it's, um, bariatric surgery is one of those things, um, that you, you see slight physical changes with when, when you cure cancer and all of that, um, or you beat cancer, I should I say. say there's no um, cure, <laughs> but I think with bariatric surgery, you're literally seeing somebody physically change over yeah. the span well, of it. Yeah, you get to watch us mentally and physically transform. Yes, transform. That's a good yeah, word. Because I like that. we are changing like at a crazy rate. Yes. Especially that first year. Mm-hmm. And we, every surgeon we talk to, they're like, this is the best, this is the best career to ever have. Like, yeah. Because you actually yeah. get to talk to the patients and see the progression yes. unfold in front of you. And it's not mm-hmm. like where you just do the surgery like a gallbladder and then they're gone and yeah. you don't see them ever again. Yep. Like this is right. an actual, like you get to watch. And yep. So I love the fact that you are hands on because you're right. There is other facilities that don't, but I feel like we're more successful when our surgeons involved to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 And you guys have seen that with the follow-up and that time. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. even research getting back to the importance of research. We look at the importance of long-term follow-up continuity of care. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing like walking into your surgeon's office and stepping on the scale and, you know, just a little dose of reality, how you've been doing with your nutrition, Mm -hmm. how you're doing with your uh, physical activity, um, all the things that, you know, go along with supporting. We see a 10% improvement in overall outcomes in patients who have long-term relationships, not necessarily with their surgeon, but with somebody who's keeping track of um, their their long-term care, making yeah. sure you're getting your labs done, that you're you know sticking to some type of nutritional plan, sticking with the exercise. Mm-hmm. So again, that that long-term follow-up with either your surgeon or someone else in in the program is really important. Yes, yes, yes. For sure. We are all about the follow-ups and the post-care. Yes, because even yeah. us, you know, we're not going to lie. Like I've missed a couple. Of Blood draws. Yeah. I I know Kelly has yet to do hers for the most recent one. Um, so it I know, I know. It happens. We're human, but you have yes. to keep going. You right. just have to make yep. sure you go to your appointments or reschedule your appointments. I always yes. say never cancel your appointment. Just reschedule it. Always reschedule. Yes. Because then it keeps you in line and gets you on the yeah. books. See, yeah. my problem is, is that she gives me the order for the blood work mm-hmm. and then I put it in my car and then it disappears. Yep. 
And then I forget. And then it's then the next time we talk to a, a surgeon like yourself, then I'm like, oh, damn it. I haven't done that yet. I should probably do that. Oh, Kelly. Oh, Kelly. I know. Hey, I love it. At least mine was in April. So it's not too long. That's true. Too but that's yeah, fair. it's fair. I still need to get it done. So I'm reminded once again, mm-hmm. blood work. There you Gotta go. get my blood work. So. so can you explain to us like the diet that we have to be on and the exercise routine and why things are in place the way that they are and yeah. why they're important? Why is there a system to it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, and first thing I want to say is. I think nearly every surgeon, every program is different mm-hmm. with, you know, there's some basic guidelines that I think most people follow, um, but it, you know, may vary. Some people are very regimented. Okay. It has to be, you know, day one through five is X and, you know, five through 12 is whatever. Okay. Um, I think most importantly, if, if you're going to a reputable, reputable program, um, the surgeon with, uh, with a, a good experience and they're going to have some type of program and they're going to have it documented for you. And I think that's most important mm-hmm. that you find a place that, you know, you, you you're going to, they're going to give you some type of either education before, after, or during, or all of the above, um, that was going to, that's going to take you step-by-step step through. And uh, like I said, I, I may be different from another surgeon down the road, but my patients are going to tend to follow my recommendations. So for instance, my program is basically, oh, I got a pager going on over there. Sorry about that. No, you're um, good. But my program is basically this, is that when you wake up from surgery and we start our patients on clear liquids. Mm-hmm. So clear liquids are basically anything you can see through. Uh, it's going to be um, water, diluted juices, some jello, maybe some sugar-free popsicles. And I keep patients on that. Um, really for the first day or two while they're in the hospital, mm-hmm. just to make sure that, you know, they're able to tolerate things that the, the fluids are staying down. They're not nauseous. They're mm-hmm. not vomiting. I mean, the surgeries are so safe these days. Mm-hmm. Um, the likelihood that they're going to have any issues immediately is very low, mm-hmm. though it can occur. Um, we want to make sure that things are moving through, uh, for instance, in a gastric sleeve, you know, those first 24 to 48 hours can be pretty lousy with nausea. And that's just basically, you know, we've basically taken the stomach, uh, the size of, you know, some people say a football, mm-hmm. the size of a two liter, and we've taken it down to the size of a banana. So, yeah. you know, not only that, but when we operate on the body, just like if you turn your ankle, there's going to be some swelling. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a sleeve is going to naturally have some swelling. And so it may be a little resistant to something going through. It's basically a tight tube that uh, isn't going to let a whole mm-hmm. lot through there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we want to first start with clear liquids, make sure that that's going down. If patients are tolerating that, then I'm going to send my patients home usually either, you know, the the next day after surgery or two days after surgery. And uh, some programs are even sending them home the same day of surgery. Yes. Uh, That's something that's kind of new um, and in evolution Uh, and um, uh, varying people, you know, different aspects are, are, um, people are eligible versus not. Okay. Uh, But So start with clear liquids, make sure things are going through. Then for about the next two weeks in my program anyway, some people do it longer, some people do it a month, some surgeons do it longer, uh, but I go on full liquids. And so this is when you start to introduce your um, protein drinks, maybe some high protein puddings, maybe some really runny cream of wheat, just basically nothing without any texture. It's kind of like something, just about anything you could take through a straw. Okay. And what that's starting to do is, you know, it's introducing more protein, um, it's introducing more nutrients through, through the, the beverages, but it's also starting to test the waters. Like, how are you going to tolerate things with more consistency? Okay. So I don't, is that something kind of like how you guys followed along? Is that, 
Yeah. Similar? Yeah. Mine yeah. was, well, I did the two week liquid diet before surgery. And then mm-hmm. I did two weeks and then it was clear liquids when I was in the, the hospital. Yep. Um, and broth is in that clear liquid, right? Sure. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. I just want to make sure. I was like, I had broth. <laughs> I had broth. I want to make sure. I mean, obviously it's fine. Yeah. But um, yes. so then I had two weeks of uh, liquids, mm-hmm. two weeks. Uh, and she did like soft foods and purees kind of together. She was like, yes. you know, basically a week of pureed and then a week of soft foods for right. me. And then I could graduate sure. to whatever I could tolerate that was solid. Yeah. And mine was a little different. I only had a 24 hour fasting, mm-hmm. um, the night before. And then, and then I started completely like the clear liquid thing. Um, cause I was there for 24 hours mm-hmm. and then the next day we could finally start doing just liquid. And it was two weeks of liquid solid, two weeks of puree, two weeks of soft foods. And then I could go into uh, solid foods. Yes. So, and I, I liked my transition. I felt very good with my transition, yeah. but once I hear everybody else's, I was like, why did I have two weeks? Cause think about it. Pureades and soft foods are kind of the same, but not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did a full four weeks of that. So yeah, I yeah. still remember my first bite of eggs for soft food. And I was just like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I was so glad to have something of substance Oh, because yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I ate a, a crap, a shitload. I cussed um, <laughs> a shitload of those sugar-free popsicles. Like oh. they were oh, yeah. like a lifesaver for me oh, when my, I was on that. I, once I got to like purees and soft foods, I ate a fuck ton of beans. Oh yeah. Beans, I was beans a and cheese. Beans girl. Beans and cheese. How, yep. How, how many beans did you say? A fuck ton. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. <laughs> That's a lot of beans. That's a lot of beans. Yeah. And obviously it. it was not that much because no, it was you, like yeah. two spoonfuls at two a time. Two spoonfuls oh, and then you're done. You're right? full. Yeah. What is, I do have a question about that. So why we're doing these, like yeah. you know, the tapering, right? Um, what is that kind of happening to like your, uh, what is that word? The M1. More context. I know. It's in the M- MBS thingy. It's metabolic. Uh-huh. Metabolic. Yeah. What is it doing to your metabolism or even like your brain, like trying to figure out what the hell's going on? Because so now you gave you, it food you and now tapering? you don't. Because like what do you mean by tapering? So we're tapering up to solids. Like, so okay. what is that doing to like our brain chemistry or our just physiological chemistry? I think a couple of things, and, and you guys said a lot of great things that triggered my brain. One, let me just back up just yeah, a little bit, course. because Kelly, you said you did the two-week pre-surgical mm-hmm. ML. You said you just did 24 hours. Correct. Um, one of the things, I, you know, I, I really believe in that, that pre-surgical diet, and, and mm-hmm. people are different, and obviously you prove that you don't necessarily need it. But let me explain why people might be put on that, because the when we, when we go on a high-protein, low-fat, low-carbohydrate diet, carbohydrate diet prior to surgery, we notice that the liver shrinks down significantly. Mm. The intra-abdominal fat shrinks down significantly as well. And that's where we lose weight first is intra-abdominally, not necessarily, Um. you know, the rest of us. So what that does for us as surgeons, it gives us better view. Um, We're we're able to elevate the liver uh, out of the way a little bit better. So better visualization, better manipulation of the anatomy inside the abdomen. And so that's why some people say that. And I say, you know, the longer, the better. Mm -hmm. Ours is standard two weeks prior. But, you know, if I see somebody and they're having surgery in four weeks, I say, start now. It'll kind of get used to that 
protein, you know, stuff going on. Okay. Um, and, and like what to expect afterwards. So that, that's point number one. If you're if you're recommended to do that from your program, um, I would certainly say it's I've found it to be one of the most beneficial things that are going to help me help the patient have uh, a safer surgery. So I really encourage people to do that. Okay. And then um, next was uh, puree. So. You know, it depends. Some uh, some surgeons are very specific. We want you to put this stuff in the blender, and whatever you can put in a blender, um, then you can you can go ahead and take that in. I don't necessarily. So I go from full liquids to just soft foods because I oh, feel okay. like putting you know beans in a blender. They're already you know a little. Well, I don't know. Right. <laughs> they're mushy. I just smashed just to... them with a fork. Yeah, that's what exactly. I yeah. yeah. So, but if but if your surgeon says you absolutely have to put it in a blender, go ahead and do that. Um, we don't necessarily do that and, and people do well with that. So getting to your question about how the progression of food is um, uh, helpful, most importantly to me, I, I think of it from an anatomical sp- uh, aspect, meaning, you know, you, at first your anatomy, whether it's sleeve, bypass, Sadie, whatever, you, your intestinal tract is swollen. It's not going to really allow a, a large pieces or chunks of food or uh, amounts of food to come through. So liquids are going to go through easiest. You start increasing that viscosity to full liquids, then to soft foods. Then finally, after about two months, that two months is when I go to regular. Mm-hmm. Um, some surgeons may do that sooner. Uh, but you know, soft foods like the eggs, you finally get some flavor, you finally get some texture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most people are able to tolerate that for the six weeks that I have them on that um, on that regimen. Now, as far as what it's doing metabolically, um, I don't have any, you know, really strong data on that, you know, as to what it does, but it just seems like a natural progression of how your anatomy can tolerate increasing um, thickness of foods. And uh, I think another really important thing, especially for, I know for our our male patients and some of our female patients, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we forget to slow down and chew our food. Yeah. We talk about that. 32s per bite of food. People are like, oh my God, it's going to take me forever. Like, how am I going to get through a meal? Yes. It's not as important with the soft foods and the liquids because it's already kind of mushy. Mm-hmm. But now a month into it, six weeks into it, you're starting to really grasp, you know, how, you know, if you do too much or too fast, you get that feeling like, oh God, mm-hmm. I can't take another bite. Yep. It's you like up I mean? here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, if you progress too soon, that's going to happen too quickly and you're going to feel lousy and you're not going to get the nutrition that you need. So, so thinner um, foods are going to allow you to get more nutrition. Uh, You're going to be able to get a little bit more in um, and the anatomy is going to allow it to occur. So, okay. So that's kind of my best answer. Okay. So it's more about the swelling, like making sure that that goes down before you really Mm -hmm. try to eat solid foods. At least early on. And, and not only that, we have to remember that the the staples that we use, the suturing that we use to create, you know, to change the anatomy mm-hmm. is fragile for up to, you know, 10 to 14 days. Um, some of the potential complications um, when we look at, you know, like a, a sleeve leak or a bypass leak or things like that mm-hmm. can occur up to as far as a month out from surgery. Okay. And so you don't really want to challenge that staple line uh, too aggressively. And I think, you know, if we're talking about why is this so important, one of the potential issues that could occur, I mean, it's very infrequent, so I don't want people to be concerned about it overly, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think it's important to realize that you can have a perfect surgery. And if you do something more than what you should, you could potentially cause a complication for yourself. Yeah. And I think 
that is probably the number one message we want to get across. Mm. Um, the reason why we progress things slowly is because if you go too fast and you cause an injury to your staple line, that could put you that could get you sick for four to six months, maybe even longer. Yeah. Um, of multiple procedures. Yeah. That setback. You didn't, you just don't want that setback. I no. remember being, I was so scared to like get off of my plan because like, okay, so this is how my brain works. Kelly's going to laugh. A I've, heard bit. I've heard this. I've heard this. So I was so scared to make like break a stitch. So then I would leak because yeah. in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, that's acid. That's biome. That cannot get on my organs. I will be like in so much trouble. I'll be in pain. So I was like, I can't. Like, there's no way. I don't want to bust a leak. Um, and also, I don't want it to be my fault. Like that. Yeah. That was also another thing. Was like, yes. I don't want it to be my fault that this freaking happened to me because, like, all because I couldn't what follow because a you book. were introducing things too soon. Yeah. Like yeah. I just need to follow the surgeon and follow the recommendations, yeah. and that way, like, if it's if it's on them, it's on them and we can, they can make it work. But like, for me, I'd have to wait to figure out like I, the pain would start happening. I'd probably start like sweating, having a fever, like all these things would start happening. And I wouldn't know what it technically was from. Did you Google what the symptoms of it would be? No. Okay. No. I just feel like that's the person that you are. Like, oh. you're like, I'm going to Google it because I need to know exactly what's going to happen. No, because yeah. the, you know, the doc, the Google doctor kind of scares me too. So oh, yeah, I, I don't, don't Google any of my symptoms no. because they all come back Half, and say I'm dying. I know all the time I have like cancers and like, I, I need to go to the hospital immediately. I like, Googled lupus one time. That was a bad idea. <laughs> I oh. did too. When you first got it, I Googled it. Yeah. It's scary out there. Because I knew it was scary and yeah. I was like okay i could have swore if you had lupus in the 50s or 60s like you'll die like soon mm -hmm. so i was right. like holy yeah. shit kelly has lupus what like what is it she's like dying now? she's dead i'm like ah! yeah i googled it once and i was like no bail out bail out <laughs> i don't want to know any of this so i just get all my information directly from mm -hmm. my rheumatologist i do exactly. not google the professionals yeah they're yeah. professionals they can fill us in mm -hmm. so i have a I have a patient who um, I, I did a revision on five days ago oh. and she came into the ER last night when I was sleeping. I saw her today. I go, okay, I know you, you don't always follow directions. What did you do? She said, well, um, I know you told me to be on full liquids, but I was doing so well with the soft stuff. I did that last night and sure enough, she's in the ER and uh, we're treating her and she's going to be fine. But okay. I just said, you know, I, I just know that you're not a rule follower Yeah. and she proved it and she's in the air. It's exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, you, there's reasons why we have, you know, protocols in place. Um, and if you, if you break those rules, you, you may have some significant consequences. Yeah. So I'm so glad you guys are bringing this up. Oh, yeah. um, that's too. We were talking about it. Um, and we were just like, I was like, we haven't done one on why. Yeah. Because and we're I, big uh, advocates of why, of why and the consequences that come mm -hmm. along with it, because mm -hmm. there is always a reaction to your action. Mm -hmm. So we need right. to balance it and make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing for ourselves. Cause the whole point of this freaking surgery is for us to be better and to take control of our lives. And I get frustrated when I do hear people in the community that are like introducing things so soon, mm -hmm. not even working out in the beginning or, mm -hmm. or even working out way too soon where they're like, you know, I'm on day five. I'm going to go walk a mile. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Rest. No. Rest. Stop. That's what you need. Put your feet away right now. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've always been a, advocate of like, if my doctor tells me to, 
I'm doing it. Yes. Like, cause it's, you guys are, you guys are busy. And if you are <laughs> yeah. wasting your breath telling us, okay, you need to do this and then this and then this. Yeah. It's, right. it's worth it. It's it worth it to follow yeah. the direction. And w- like, I remember at ASMBS last year, we were talking to a dietitian mm-hmm. and she actually said that one of her patients put a candy bar in a blender Yep, and said, oh, oh yeah, I had a candy bar, but I blended it. So it was fine. And yeah. she's like, that's, that's. That's not, not the, the direction. That's, That's not, not the, the direction we're going. So I and ever since then, I'm like, oh, people really don't follow the rules. No, like, no, they want to give their own spin yeah. on it. And I think I think that we need to realize like, hey, guess what? When we try to do it on our own before, where did mm. we get where where did we get to? You know, I got to 308 pounds. Yeah, I, I got to surgery. So, so like we all you know, ended in the same spot. Exactly. So let's follow the rules for the time that you have to do it because i always think it, it's it's a year yeah you're giving it a year of your life where you're yes. very committed you're very into it mm-hmm. and you just commit to one year oh. and then after that life can kind of tra- start to get back to normal mm-hmm. you can start eating you know more normal foods you're you're exercising normally like yeah. all you know obviously if you don't have any side effects or complications but for the most part it's the first year and if you can commit to that first year you're gonna be more successful than if you're month three and you're blending up candy bars or you're drinking drinking alcohol too early Uh, you know like because i just this is oh in my mind, it was one chance. I had one more chance and that was it. And yeah. that's why I committed so hard to this process. Mm-hmm. And I know Mel felt the same way. Yeah. I felt like I tried everything else and I yeah. felt like I was trapped in my body. Mm-hmm. And now I finally gave myself this. I found this thing where I can do it. One last try. This tool. Hopefully it does it. was it. a gift to yourself. And yeah. And it yeah. freaking worked. Yeah. And it's because also that we put all of ourselves into it. Yeah. I was like, I was told not to use straws, which Didn't we found that. out is, is not that big a deal anymore but i went mm-hmm. over a year and a half without a straw yep. i went oh i was a year and a half when i drank my first same sip of alcohol it was like 18 19 months when i first had my drink yeah, yeah. because it was like she told me the first year and i was like you know what if i can just keep going mm-hmm. that works no carbonation for the first year yeah, yeah. and carbonation too and was another one what i try to tell people it's almost like when you open a brand new game at home, like a board game at home, right? Like you're not supposed to know how it works, right? You have to read the instructions. Yeah, there's some that are really complicated. You have to follow the instructions right. for the game to be fun and productive and be successful. It's the same damn thing. Yep. And uh-huh. it's okay to not know. I think people get really hung up of not knowing. Mm-hmm. And we're not supposed to know everything. Like there's no right. way our brains cannot handle all that information. Only thing we need to do is know how to get to our resources. Mm-hmm. So we have to have people around us that can help and are willing to help. And that's you guys. Like, mm-hmm. like Kel was saying, why would you want to waste your breath if we're not going to listen? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like you guys are very valuable. There's only a, a certain amount of bariatric surgeons, certain amount of dietitians, mm-hmm. therapists. And why would we, one, waste our own time, book the appointment, go to the appointment and then be like, yeah, he's full of shit. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> I, do just, I do whatever yeah. I want. I just, I don't get the concept. And I feel like that's why we wanted to have you on and back to really explain why. Because um, it, I mean, because just your story of your patient being in the ER, like it is dangerous yeah. mm-hmm. to not follow the rules. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It is straight up just stupid dangerous. It is. Like you're being stupid if you're playing with your life like that. Because mm-hmm. um, you're worth yeah. more than that. And what's funny is people are like, oh, surgery is so scary. And it's like, no, it's actually the stupidity <laughs> of the people that is scary. Uh-huh. Because the people <laughs> right. are what like the surgery itself is very it's not very yeah. invasive. You're trained. You've been doing it for years. You're an expert. Yep. I'm down. People it's go the- into gallbladders all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. But it's the after. It's the after that you have to pay attention to. I We all get that bariatric Bible mm-hmm. when we go into our surgeon's office. All the directions are right there. Yeah. If you just take the time and study it like I did, mm-hmm. I was a I was a freaking nut house and i had my little post-its with all my questions and i had arrows and highlight it i did not i'm not gonna lie yeah i was a little crazy i I, uh, glanced over it but it's fine which is shocks me that i was the researcher and she wasn't because and i love school and i i was actually going to college at the same time i was doing this why yeah that's actually Uh is probably why yeah i was writing like 30 page papers and shit oh yeah i had no time to yeah reading this thing i was like yep my doctor said this is my date don't do these things got it easy peasy yeah i had all sorts of questions well i was also bedridden at the time too that's true so i had my little book in bed and i just read through it highlighted had my post-its with all my questions and when i went back in she's like you're very prepared and i was like well yeah i don't really have that much else to do yeah (laughs) this is what we're doing yeah, I think it is very helpful to, I mean, to get to know that and 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 pay attention to it. You know, the mm-hmm. other thing was about exercise. You mentioned that briefly about yes. getting back to it because everybody's so motivated after they're mm-hmm. so like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, get out there. And and there's some rules about that as well. Yes. And, and really probably most important is you're, you stay hydrated. You don't want to overdo it. Like you said, getting out and, you know, jogging 10 miles for the first time, you know, you're going to be sore, you're going to cause some issues. But I think one of the other things we want to talk about is, is weight lifting afterwards Mm -hmm. um, and doing too much aggressive uh, physical activity Mm -hmm. because the incisions are healing, just like your, your anatomy, your intestines are healing or your stomach is healing. And if you overstress that, you could potentially pop one of your incisions, uh, which could then lead to a hernia. Um, and in some instances that could require an emergent surgery soon after your, you know, your bariatric procedure. So, which you know, is very expensive. Still, just FYI, yeah. emergency <laughs> surgeries are way more expensive than just, you know, your doctor's appointment. Yes. Just yes. FYI. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. And keep going. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So, um, so most people say no lifting over 10 pounds for about six weeks, the body mm-hmm. heals kind of like aggressively for six weeks. And then it planes off for the next two years. But in that six month time frame, I'm sorry, six week, you know, things get probably 90% as strong as they're going to be long-term. Okay. And maybe it takes another two years to get to that hundred percent as strong as it's going to be always weaker than what it started out with. But, you know, giving it that six weeks break before you do anything over 10 pounds or, you know, that's basically a milk jug um, before you get aggressive into, you know, doing the, the house chores and that type of stuff. So really try to take it easy initially. Mm-hmm. Um, take the time off from work if you need to, because finally, like I said, like you guys are saying is you've done something for yourself, mm-hmm. take advantage of it mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and follow the rules. Yeah. The rules. Why is it so important for people to do um, lift weights after they're clear? Yeah. The strength training. We hear it a lot. Yeah. Strength training. Yeah. Why is it so important yeah. for us to do that? So both cardiovascular and strength training um, have their benefits. And um, what I was doing, I didn't ha- used to do a lot of exercise. Then I uh, got on the, the pedal bike and I was doing a lot of that, but I realized that I was changing and it, it, it relates. And then I, so I started uh, introducing weight training and I, I noticed a significant improvement in my overall cardiac health, um, my, you know, uh, weight loss associated with that. 
Um, weight training, what it does obviously is it builds muscle. Mm -hmm. And if you have, you know, the resting metabolic rate of muscle is more than fat. So you're naturally increasing your metabolism by building muscle because it takes more energy to keep a muscle cell functioning than it does a fat cell. Mm -hmm. So as you build muscle, you're increasing your metabolic rate or your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just your resting metabolism, if you've got more muscle, you're going to burn more calories than if you have less muscle. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. sure. Yeah. So adding not only cardiovascular training to your exercise regimen, but weight training. Now, I said, you know, weight on the heavy weights, but there's nothing wrong with picking up in two or three pound weight after surgery, as long as you don't feel like a strain of your abdominal wall, as long as you're not like grunting or pushing or straining, you know, so two to three pound weights, high reps, If you're doing like 15 reps with a two to three pound weight, weight, you're going to start to build muscle, at least tone your muscle. Mm -hmm. And that's something you can do early on after surgery, at least in my program, Um, obviously check with your own surgeon, make sure they're comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you know, it's, um, uh, it's a great way to start building that metabolism, increasing your muscle mass, uh, which builds your overall metabolic rate. So you say after six weeks, you allow it? Is that what I understood? Or is it eight weeks? Or over 10 pounds, even right away. I mean, you know, okay. people want to start, you know, putting like one or two pound ankle weights on mm-hmm. okay. um, or doing like little dumbbells, mm-hmm. uh, you know, less than 10 pounds, you know, start, start slow, obviously. And yeah. nothing um, like crunches it, or anything like that. Yeah, obviously. Exactly. Stay okay. away from that. Anything okay. that's going to tense the abdominal wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to relax on that because maybe you had a hiatal hernia repair um, and just the incisions themselves are, uh, are, are healing. And so you don't want to stress those until a good six weeks afterwards. Okay. okay. I that think mine sense. was three weeks. So that's for yeah. what? For working out. Oh, mine, mine was actually like eight weeks. Yeah. Eight to nine weeks. That's so funny how yeah. different it is. Different. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I say, you know, I think most surgeons say six weeks, hoping that they'll get three or four weeks out of their patients. So that's a little <laughs> inside scoop. So let's go with the six weeks. Yeah. Okay. Six weeks. I feel like six weeks, that's doable. Like, yeah. I feel like yeah. Yeah. you did have a major surgery while mm-hmm. it is not, you know, super invasive. It is still a major surgery and you need to, I feel like some te- some people just need to be told, sit your ass down mm-hmm. and just right be there for a yeah. little bit like you can walk yeah i walked do like all the walking you hour want, after man. surgery put those weights on your wrist and your ankles yeah i didn't even think about those yeah i totally forgot about that like yeah. that that would be easy just yeah. kind of like moving your arms mm-hmm. just uh, along with it yeah once yeah. you're out of the hospital like yeah then yeah. do that yeah, yeah i was sure. like doing my little thing mm-hmm. in the hospital i did many laps i did not uh-huh. I did many, 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 but we did find out like our surgeries were different too. So like, yes, I had, um, cause we both had sleeve, but I only had that 24 hour of the liquid. Mm -hmm. And then what Dr. Patterson said was that like, I have a pretty big incision right here. And she said Uh that she pulled my liver out. So I was like, Oh, this is why this hurts more. <laughs> yeah, because she had a lot more pain than I did. And I was like, I don't understand why you had so much pain. Like, because she told me she mm-hmm. had so much pain. And yeah. so I was prepared for this high level of pain. And then I was like, oh, I can like, walk. No. I yeah. can do all of these things. I was like, you're walking? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't yeah. start walking till like day three or four. Like, yeah. this is why. They were like, as me. long as you're you know, my now ex-husband, she, they were like, as long as your husband is next to you and make sure you're not falling, like, yeah, that's all we care about. And so Absolutely. I was like, okay. Cause I was sitting on the edge and I'm, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to walk. You're like, I want to get up. I need to go walk. I, I have, I have 
the gas tank and I want yes. to move because yep. I did some research and there I remember people always saying like after walk, surgery, walk. just walk, 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 walk. So that's what out. I did. Yeah. yeah. So uh, can we touch on like alcohol? Yes. And why sure. it's so important to wait, wait as long as your program says to wait. Or longer. Or longer. <laughs> Whatever. Or longer. Yeah. Longer. Um, for a couple of reasons that come to my mind. And and um, one is, first of all, just the, the anatomic change that occurs with either sleeve or bypass, any, any of them, can have differing effects on it. One is... It, in not any specific order. One is alcohol is going to hit you a lot harder. You may not be used to its effect. Mm-hmm. You may be, you may be in the past, you could handle a couple of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Maybe now it's have a cocktail and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to feel the effects. Yeah. Um, that may impact what you're doing that day. Hopefully you're not driving um, and all those issues. So number one, safety. Number two, we know the caloric content of alcoholic beverages is significantly higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are those empty calories that uh, really don't have any effect. Um, so I think that that's, that's the second part. Third part, um, is for sure the risk of transfer addiction. Some people have, uh, issues with, you know, before food was their comfort. Um, now post-surgery they they can't turn to that like they used to, mm-hmm. um, but they can drink alcohol and next thing, um, alcoholism becomes an issue. And so I think those are the three main reasons I, you know, I recommend staying away from it. Um, and they all have different impacts on how it may impact our life. But uh, alcoholism after bariatric surgery is certainly a thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I look at, you know, alcoholism and, and drug addiction. I mean, nobody ever wanted to be in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, no one ever wants to become an alcoholic. It's just it becomes a coping mechanism. Um, it becomes uh, a transfer addiction where, oh, you know, I had a rough day and now I'm just going to have a, a, a cocktail or something like that. And then it becomes two and then it becomes three and then it's daily. Um, mm-hmm. Then it's throughout the day and you're doing, you know, things that are it's just terrible for your health long term. Mm-hmm. So um, there is a, a happy medium, obviously, yeah. that we find afterwards where, you know, you, you, you now realize, OK, maybe I can tolerate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, hopefully you, you learn to control that. Uh, but again, the calories, when I see people stop, you know, uh, even even non-surgical patients, but when you stop drinking, people are going to lose 10 to 15 pounds, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, depending to, you know, at, at what degree they, they were drinking alcohol. So I have two questions kind of, with yeah. that. OK, so one is. Alcohol is a toxin whether we want to believe it or not, is it doing anything like when you do it in like the younger stages of this, like, is it hurting your stomach lining, your intestine lining? Like, is it doing anything that it like, we don't really think about? It it, it absolutely is a gastric irritant or a stomach irritant. Mm -hmm. Um, So it increases the risk for ulcers, um, what we call gastritis or irritation of the stomach. Um, and so, yeah, that's a great point that I didn't, that I didn't even bring up is that, um, while things are healing, you know, certainly early on, uh, can delay healing, uh, but it can also, uh, cause new ulcers. So, um, reflux is a big problem that uh, alcohol can induce, uh, as well as the irritation of the stomach or gastritis. Um, so for those reasons, again, mm-hmm. uh, great, great reason to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. And how long do you recommend for in your program? I was going to I say as long as possible or forever, you know okay. what I mean? If it, if it, if it, um, if, if you can handle it in moderation, then okay. Uh, I would say, you know, wait at least 
nine months um, okay. to a year. I mean, I like that that uh, one year mark, Kelly, yeah. that you're talking about is that, mm-hmm. you know, let's 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 do everything that we can for ourselves to improve our health for mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. We can stick to it that long. Day, you know, just like, uh, just like the 12 steps one day at a time, Yep. you know, we can get there today. We can get there, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a setback, that's all right. Tomorrow's a new day. Let's, let's, let's start all over, but, uh, let's, let's give it our best shot at that at first year, mm-hmm. um, to give our body really a chance to do everything we can to improve our overall health. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think if you tell yourself, like, cause if you look at it and you say, if you were told that if you gave you gave it your all for one year and your life would completely change in more ways than you could even imagine. Yeah. Would you give it that one year? I would. I know a lot of us would. Well, and I yeah. people need to think about the one year out of the big like grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like I know I want to live to at least somewhere in my 80s to 90s. One yeah, freaking 80s year. 80s pushing it for me. Well, we know. We yeah. Know. <laughs> We've already had discussions, but one year guys is like nothing. It's like a a drop drop in a hat. Like, what are we doing here? And then like, if you just keep going, then all of a sudden you're going to live longer. The whole point Mm -hmm. is to live. At least my point was to live longer. Yeah. My dad died at 59. His whole family never reached 70. So this is a big deal for me Mm -hmm. and my brother who both have had surgery is to trying to outlive our freaking family, basically. Yeah. And if we can yeah. do that by like taking a full year or two, just focusing in and making yeah. sure we're healthy, then do it. Just yeah. do that one year to the fullest because it does help your behaviors later. Like I'm eight years out and yeah. I've only gained like 20 pounds back and I feel great. Well, and that I don't even consider that because it's more like a bounce back. Yeah. Like it's you're you're going to do that anyways, naturally. Like, see, and I didn't know that either. I was like very hard on myself. I was very mean to myself. And I thought that I was just a failure because I couldn't keep it to the bottom level. And then I realized after hanging out with Kelly after hers and all talking to all of you guys, I'm like, oh, this is normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. I've been just beating myself up for like over well, a year. I it's think totally we, fine. We totally as patients fine. just want to get down to the lowest that we possibly can get yeah. because it's for the right. first time in most of us like. We've never seen that number except for when we were a kid. Yeah, same. And some people didn't even see that as a kid. Yep. So yep. it's yeah. it's exciting to get down that low. But you also have to realize your body maybe not might not be meant to be right. at that level. It's true. So it's very true. It's it's totally so okay. I agree. Um, no, oh. Yeah. Um, and you know, getting back to the research is um it that after bariatric surgery shows to increase your lifespan by at least 10 to 15 years. Some people 20. There you so go. There we go. Let's, let's let's take that one year and and get us those mm-hmm. 10 to 15 to 20 extra years. Yeah. Um, you know what we normally would have uh, or otherwise uh would have lived. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. that's a, that's the question is like if you give it all for a year and you knew you could live until 100, wouldn't you do it? Right. Well, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't because well, I don't want to be 100, but but think about all the extra experiences, all yeah. the people, all the things yeah. that now you get to do mm-hmm. because you focused in on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The other question I have for you, too, is that we hear this about carbonation for the first year. My yeah. doctor was about that, too. Um, are Do you have the same feelings about carbonation? What do you think? I think early on, it's certainly a problem. Um, I, you know, I would say probably for the first couple of months while things are healing, mm-hmm. you probably want to limit it or eliminate it. Um, beyond that, I, I, I'm a little bit more liberal with that. Um, but early on, 
the, you know, now that our anatomy is reduced from our large stomach that had a reservoir for air, mm -hmm. um, now with our, our smaller pouches, whether sleep, bypass, whatever procedure, there's not as much room for that air. And that it's either going to make you feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. that's going to give you bloating. I really find it hard to imagine that just carbonation is going to cause a stretch, like stretch out. Your, we used to say that. Yeah. We didn't really have much research behind it. It's like, oh, it's going to stretch your stomach. Mm -hmm. You've got ways to get rid of gas. It's either going to go downstream, it's going to come up and you're going to felch it. It's hard to think that air can, can distend it. So that's, yeah. you know, that my thought is let's let things heal initially. Um, if there's other things that are involved with the carbonation, you know, some people may have better science behind that, but um, I found that, you know, give the, give the first couple of months, allow things to heal. Mm -hmm. And then thereafter uh, I'm a little bit more liberal with it. Okay. And the concern every day. The, con yeah. the concern with carbonation is more of like what kind of drinks have carbonation, yes, right? I was going to point that out because yeah. my doc was not really about like, she's like, hey, we get it. People like carbonation, but mm -hmm. also most of the drinks that people have with carbonation are not good for you. Like mm -hmm. they're you're just drinking again, calories and sugar, whether that's beer or sodas mm -hmm. or juices. So ciders. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I drink carbonation, but that's like it's literally bubbly water. Yeah. You like, drink bubbly water. I just that's... don't like flat water. Yeah. And I have come to grips with that. And that's what I drink. But I also waited over a year and a half. Like I remember selling my soda stream and I was so sad before <laughs> surgery. I was so sad because I loved my bubbly water. And then I was like, okay, I'm just not going to have it forever, uh, forever. And because the, the thought, the research that I did, everybody was like, oh, it'll stretch your stomach back out. And I'm like, I don't want to stretch my pouch. Like, no, this is new. Yeah. yeah. And then once, you know, we started the podcast and I was like, oh, that's not like accurate yeah. okay cool good to know <laughs> good to know and that's why we do these episodes to get the real information exactly. out so All right so yeah. one more question is therapy therapy oh, yeah. after surgery do you require it in your program before and after just before and why is it so important i know this isn't like harmful to your system but i think it still needs to be Talk addressed about, yeah yeah. Um, what I always thought is, you know, you don't know you need therapy until you need therapy. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, hey, why are these people going to therapy? Because, and then you realize, oh, yeah, now I under, now I get it. When mm -hmm. you, you yourself are like, OK, now I understand it. And so I think it is so important to have someone to just chat openly with mm -hmm. a friend, maybe too supportive or too argumentative. Mm -hmm. um, having that um, that third person voice who's just going to kind of listen to you, taking what you have, not be judgmental, but giving you good advice based on, you know, what they know or what they've learned in, in their training is super important. Um, I think we have the tendency to go back to old habits. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and so having someone where you're going to continuously uh, talk with about what's going on in your life, uh, they're going to spot those things and maybe say, hey, don't forget, you know, this is why we had this procedure. This is why we did this in our life yep. to avoid these types of issues. So we, um, most insurances actually require it for, uh, prior to surgery. Yes. Um, you know, which we, as a society are really trying to fight that, you know, they're the insurance companies are saying, okay, everybody who's, who has the disease of obesity must be crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, it just yeah. doesn't make sense that, yeah. you know, we, we have to have a psychological screening in order to have the surgery. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part there, I think, yeah, you just look about anybody you walk across in the street, they're going to have a, an issue that needs a therapist for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody's got some type of issue that mm -hmm. you need to work right. out. Yeah. 
Right. So, so number one, I think everybody should see a therapist. And if you think you don't need a therapist, you're probably wrong, but um, you know, so for my program is, you know, insurance requires it. Um, uh, And then thereafter it's kind of, I can, I I like to sit down and talk with my patients afterwards and, you know, how's everything else going? You know, stressors in in family, you're going to have the family members who are not supportive Mm -hmm. of what you did. Um, You're going to have spouses that are not uh, supportive. And I always say, you know, bariatric surgery makes a good marriage good or a bad marriage worse. Oh. Um, so good marriage, so good marriage better or a bad marriage worse. Um, and you know, I think therapists are going to help you sort that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, so, so important just to to get that support when you need it. Yeah. I don't necessarily mandate it because you can't, you know, you can't yeah. force people to go through these things. But I always strongly suggest it because I think it's so important to talk about all those other issues that factor into our life, that factor into the disease of obesity mm-hmm. that can be addressed simply by talking about it and, and reinforcing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, next week I hit my one year of therapy. Nice. Ah. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you. I, w- I actually cheered when he told me that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should I had therapy this morning. Um, but <laughs> it was I didn't realize how much I needed that third person, because obviously, like I talk all the time. I talk to Mel. I talk to interview like yes, when we yeah. do interviews. And but when you're talking with a third person, especially when you're battling um, a disease like obesity, you're constantly right. in your head. And when you have surgery and you're battling it, it that voice I feel gets stronger because you're trying not to go backwards. Yes. And so mm-hmm. having that third person to talk to and um, kind of have that de-stressor because that's where I find I eat is when I stress. And yeah. so if I can help with that and then, you know, also all, all my other trauma, you know, <laughs> it's it's a fun life um, to talk about that, work it, work it out. And then you can kind of let it go. You can kind of put it there. Okay, I've dealt with that one. Okay, we're going to move on to this one. And I know Mel's done therapy and Mm -hmm. feels the same way. I do because it was a shock to say things and not have a reaction. Mm -hmm. Uh I that was so powerful for me Mm -hmm. because I'm used to having like someone that's either criticizing me or judging me. Not me. Oh, no, not you. Um, not at all. You just want to point that out. It is not, <laughs> not me. Don't yell at me. No, don't there, come at me, people. There are two pivotal yeah. people in my life that do those things to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really needed to see, hey, what I'm doing actually is okay. Mm-hmm. There, there, you should not be criticized or judged for this. Mm-hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I felt like also it was, it's like a brain dump. Like mm-hmm. I'm allowed, I'm allowed to download my problems onto something else. Yeah. And <laughs> it's nice that it's not a friend or a family member and I can just say the things and still get that blank stare mm-hmm. where it's like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, you've heard crazier things cool <laughs> that, makes me that feel, is so true i feel a little bit better about myself yeah you're so, not crazy yeah and then, you just have feelings and exactly right. and it's okay people act like because you have feelings that there's a problem and right. i have to always go back and be like no i'm fucking human i'm supposed to have problems i'm supposed to have right. feelings like this is normal reactions yes. like the fact that you want me to be calm i feel like is a problem in itself yeah. well and <laughs> i always say disappear. like I'm allowed to feel frustrated yeah. about what you said. I'm allowed to feel sad, happy, whatever. I'm allowed to feel like that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take that on yeah. because that's my feelings and my thing. But I'm allowed to feel whatever feelings. And believe me, it's taken mm-hmm. a full year to get to this point. 
for me to say uh-huh. that. Yeah. I am allowed uh-huh. to feel my feelings and it is okay that I feel about and she feel feels like other that. people too. And I Being do allowed to feel their feelings. Yeah. It so. is, is okay to feel your feelings. And I think that's one of the biggest things is we try to stuff our feelings down before surgery. And then after surgery, we can't really do that. Mm-mm. So you need a place to go to make sure that you're feeling those feelings yeah, and talking I've, about those feelings. I have personally have had panic attacks, anxiety mm-hmm. attacks, because yep. I can't eat my feelings anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do with all of this, like pressure mm-hmm. and stress. Like I talk about all the time, there was a, a pivotal point where I was just in my door frame of my bedroom and I was just crying. Mm-hmm. And my ex at the time was like, are you okay? What's going on? Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what the hell's happening to me right now, but I just mm-hmm. like, fell to the ground and just cried because I written. Then I realized later it's because I was so upset with a situation that I could not mm-hmm. go eat. I couldn't stuff myself. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of us numb ourselves, mm-hmm. whether that's food, alcohol, alcohol. gambling, mm-hmm. sex, shopping, we try to numb ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think if we actually just took a time to like slow down, feel what it is and ride the, the wave, mm-hmm. you're going to feel a lot better. Exactly. And it's not an all day wave. I hear people, them, I cried all day. No, you didn't. No, no, you that's didn't. physically impossible. Yeah. You cannot do that. You cried for like 10 minutes and then you thought about it all day. Yeah, that's what you did. I mean, yeah, I feel so, like I, that's feel, fine. I have cried for like a half hour straight, half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a crier. I haven't. Yeah, but you're a quick crier. I am. You're like tears <laughs> gone. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's true. I it's do true. want to point on that saying that you just said uh good it makes good marriages good and you were bad marriages bad yeah so yeah so i let me just because i like my buddy actually i learned this from my trainer dr marshall he said makes good marriages better and bad marriages worse yeah okay yeah okay that's how we say it so my question is is there any research that says that there is a higher divorce rate in bariatric after you've had bariatric surgery I would like to say I've heard that. Mm. I can't necessarily quote the statistics. Okay. So I don't want to give off false information, but okay. I, but but that I, I've certainly heard that. So okay. I, I would lean towards yes, that is correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I heard it too. We read that it's almost the same as any normal divorce rate, but also I believe that it is higher because now everybody that got surgery has to feel their feelings and then actually have to talk about it. So yeah. Now yeah. we're at a different level. I mean, the divorce level. rate we know the annual the, the overall divorce rate is fifty percent. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it, you know, it's but um, you know what what I've heard and and how that impacts that is just that um, in the past sometimes the disease of obesity has kept people down. It, it would it would allow the spouse to belittle them or mm-hmm. whatever, and then you you know you change your life for the better and and you get more confident and you're just like mm-hmm. I I don't need this harassment anymore i'm my own person i've done something great for my life and if you're not happy with that then f off and we'll see it yeah yeah that's what i think it is i think some people say like it's because they go crazy and like they want to sleep with other people i think it's more of like you're with this person but then you turn into this other person that you were always meant to be Mm -hmm. and then you look back and you're like "Mm." it's a settling thing you settle you thought that i know me personally I thought I was too big to get anybody better. So I just might as well just be with the father of my son. Mm-hmm. And exactly what happened. You fixed that. And I'm, right. I'm in the process of fixing that because yes. I realized we weren't meant to be together. No, That's, no, no. Right. Not and it's all. fine. I do want to touch on two things before we let you go. 
is the last two pillars, which is sleep and vitamins. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell everybody why sleep and vitamins are so important to be successful? Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with sleep. I mean, we are biorhythms that our body, you know, is lives on and and the, the diurnal cycle of how our hormones react, um, have everything to do with our, our fitness, our weight, our stature, um, and our overall mental health. I mean, it's just so important that we get that sleep that our body needs. Some people need more, some people need less. But when you force yourself into an abnormal pattern, um, you're certainly interfering with those rhythms that occur. So, you know, you're when when your sleep cycle is supposed to be a nice arc, and then all of a sudden you abruptly cut it off. There are hormones that were meant to kind of fade off that are going to allow the, the the cellular structures to um, regenerate to repair themselves. Um, And when those hormones are cut short, then those repair cycles can't necessarily happen. And that's why, you know, my one uh, kid who slept great is, you know, he's much taller than all of us. My one kid who didn't sleep so well, uh, you know, he's shorter. We we know that sleep impacts a lot of different aspects from our stature um, to our overall health. So absolutely key to healing. You know, your body needs sleep to heal. That's when we're sleeping is when our body is regenerating um, all the damage that's been done to it all day. So number one, you need that just to 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 heal. But we have all kinds of disasters going inside of our body, you know, 24 seven, you know, 24 seven during the day. Mm-hmm. But the sleep cycle is what allows that that process to heal. Um, and so we, we can't stress enough how important sleep is and and regular sleep. And I know, you know, people who are doing third shifts and they're up all night and and sleeping during the day. You know, if you if you are if you do have to do that, there's ways to combat that so that you can kind of reset your body. You know, you want to sleep and in, in, in a very dark room during the day. Um, when you're awake, you want to be exposed to light. And if it in, involves, you know, an ultraviolet light that's going to give you some vitamin D, we know how important that is to cellular function. If you are forced into these abnormal rhythms, there's ways to combat that so that you still have the health um, that's involved with it. But when you're doing it regularly, um, it's just a bad idea. So mm-hmm. make sure you're getting exposure to daylight or at least some form of uh, natural light that's going to help with your healing cycle, um, uh, but also get the sleep that your body needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, you should be able to wake up without an alarm clock. That would be the ultimate goal. Mm. Now for me, that means I'd wake up at like 11 o'clock in the morning, but uh, I, I have to kind of shift my cycle every once in a while, but, yeah. uh, but that's why sleep's important. Okay. Um, what about comments naps? On that? You naps? Naps. Uh, you know, I mean, look at, look at outside of the U S I mean, just about every country has siestas and, uh, and, and taking naps. Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I wish I could, I, right? um, I think it's a great idea. Okay. Uh, so if you have the opportunity to, to build that into your daily schedule, um, as long as it doesn't interfere with, you know, the, the evening. So mm-hmm. if you take a three hour nap during the day, um, and you, then you don't go to bed until two in the morning and wake up at six, that's not, that's counterproductive. Yes. Okay. But get a little, you know, a half hour snooze in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that rejuvenates you. I think it adds energy, but, um, but if it's going to interrupt your, your evening schedule, then it's probably not a great idea. Okay. So naps after surgery though, like right after surgery, do you, Uh cause we should be sleeping as much as possible after surgery, right? I, you know, for early on, you're, it's it's when your body's repairing itself and when it's healing. So okay. um, I, I don't necessarily say you should take a ton of naps afterwards, but if you're going to do it, okay. you know, you've got the time off, um, but this may be the first time that people have actually had a week off right. in, yeah. in a long time. So take advantage of it. It's like a, a mini vacation, get the sleep you need. Um, 
make sure you're getting your nutrition, your supplements. You know, if we want to touch on that in just a minute, yes. but um, doing all the things that your body needs to recover, sleep, hydrate, vitamins, nutrition, uh, are all really paramount to overall healing. Yes, it really is. And yeah, the sleep right. part, I will say is like, the biggest, one of the biggest deals that I see all the time, because I have yeah. a lot of people around me that have like insomnia or sleep apnea to the, my left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I know I feel 10 times better mm-hmm. after I've slept that good eight hours. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you guys are taking one week off, two week off, this is a great time to fix your sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. Cause you're already right. off anyways. Yep. So if you're getting your nutrition in and you're getting your water and you're getting your supplements in and then just get that sleep, just, just figure, work on the sleep, just schedule. work on the sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. So that way you can be prepared for going back to work or whatever your day-to-day stuff actually exactly. looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, I'd love to touch on vitamins because it yeah. is, it is dangerous like not the, to be on your vitamins. Yeah, it's like the wild, wild west out there. People are like, yeah, I take Flintstones and we're like, no, no, stop taking Flintstone vitamins. Don't even get me started on the freaking Flintstones. I know, I know. <laughs> I can't. I can't well, with the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. My my number one comment is one is better be taking something than nothing. Yes. Um, but I, I I share I share your your passion for that. Uh the vitamin supplementation, uh, as supported by you know our national organization, all the research, it says based on the anatomical changes, your body can't absorb. Um, the natural vitamins and minerals that you need for daily function mm-hmm. um, through food alone, because there's just not, a, not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have some type of a bypass procedure, you don't have a, as much absorptive surface. Um, if you have just a gastric procedure, you may not have the um, the factors that the body needs to break down those foods. For instance, B12, we talk about this. Everybody needs mm-hmm. B12 if you've had some type of bariatric surgery, because one, um, the we have a factor inside of our stomach that you you eat b12 let's just say you take a chunk of b12 and you eat it mm-hmm. now if you don't have what's called intrinsic factor in the stomach which breaks down the b12 into absorbable factors it just passes through the system mm-hmm. so through the anatomical changes that are that occur with surgery we need to supplement our body in different ways so the b12 for instance we can't just swallow it because it's going to not be necessarily broken down now some people can get away with it but we just assume everybody needs it. So you need to put a tablet under your tongue, a shot into your arm, uh, nasal spray. So it's absorbed other than through the intestinal tract. Okay. More important with some of the bypass procedures, but you know, some sleep patients do have enough of that intrinsic factor that it does break it down. But it, you know, by the time you find that out, it could be too late. So yeah. we suggest everybody gets B12, everybody gets calcium, everybody gets a multivitamin. Most people need iron as well. Mm-hmm. And if you have any of the really uh, significant absorptive, malabsorptive procedures like uh, duodenal switch or Sadie or those, you're going to need a, a few more vitamins that are um, that are uh, uh, the fat soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I know that uh, ProCare has a vitamin that they have formulated just for Sadie Sadie. and the DS. Yep. So, Mm -hmm. and it has those, those extra ones in there. So I really enjoy that you can, no matter what surgery, you can find it on their website and like, because I take the one with iron and you take the one without iron. Without iron. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have high iron and um, they also have a prenatal one, Yep, which is cool for those patients that get pregnant after, because that's their whole reason for having surgery is to get pregnant. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there's some dangerous side effects that can happen if you do not take your vitamins. Can you touch base on some of those? Yeah. uh, Well, any of the vitamin deficiencies are going to potentially cause 
um, problems with overall cellular function, your ability to heal. I mean, as we as we know, you know, there are cancer cells generated inside of our body every day that the body's autoimmune system destroys and takes care of. Mm-hmm. Now, as you start to um, impair those those healing cells uh, by vitamin deficiencies, you could potentially be initiating um, other other problems to develop in your body. So, you know, our vision is important, you know, to this vitamin supplementation is important to our vision, uh, to our uh, bones and our overall bone health. Uh, we see people who don't take their supplements um, having, you know, fractures like hip fractures and, and uh, rib fractures and, and just things that are otherwise miserable to deal with. And yeah. so if we can take vitamins to, you know, to support our overall health, um, it's going to prevent long-term problems. Yeah. Cause we've heard of people going, like having blind um, issues like temp- temporary yeah temporary blindness their gait like the whole walking was a problem mm-hmm. we had someone on last year that got it's berry berry that was like two years yeah. ago was it something like that yeah. which yeah. is like a vitamin so deficiency vitamin, vitamin, yeah vitamins so b vitamins are very important to our neurologic health mm-hmm. meaning you know some people will get uh, numbness in their feet if they they're not getting enough b vitamins um and uh you like you said the 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 gait you know not, not walking, not walking well, mm-hmm. um, other neurologic issues like nystagmus, blurred vision, that type of thing. So yeah, yeah. those are also important. So okay. go and get your vitamins. Yes, guys. Please go and go. make sure. Um, how much, how long, how much, mm, how long after surgery, I got it, um, should people, or do you recommend your patients to take, start taking their vitamins? I usually say within the first couple of weeks, you know, okay. um, if you did well nutritionally, preoperatively, and um, and you're doing your protein drinks pretty quick afterwards, mm-hmm. um, they have enough supplements that you're not necessarily going to run into problems. And those first couple of weeks when you're not feeling so great, you're still maybe a little nauseous, mm-hmm. um, things are irritating your stomach, maybe it's not the best time to start. Um, so, you know, I say within the first week to two weeks when you're feeling up to it. So okay. start slow. I think most important is a good multivitamin. When you're tolerate, tolerating your multivitamins, then you know start adding your calcium. Once your bowel functions back again, you can throw mm-hmm. in the iron. Okay. You know, just some of these things that are there. You know, we know iron can be constipating. Yes. Um, so you know, if you're if you're already struggling those first couple of weeks because you're dehydrated, don't throw iron in there because <laughs> then 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 it's going to be even more miserable. Exactly. So, um, and do you recommend yeah. chewable or tablets? Or the capsules. Uh, well, initially, I think are okay. easier. Okay. Um, so you know whether it's uh, um, any type of chewable is going to be, I think, more tolerated. Okay. Early on, when you can start to tolerate regular pills, if you can tolerate, uh, you know, a regular size multivitamin right mm-hmm. after surgery, I think it's fine. Okay. Um, if it's one of those huge honking ones, uh, you're you're afraid it's going to get stuck. Then yeah, definitely break it in half or crush it up or just get a chewable. I say the easiest thing is just to kind of straightforward is chewable for the first two months. By then, you should be able to go into regular stuff. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that. a good rule. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think yeah. we covered everything. I think we did. Yes. <laughs> so I hope everybody listen, is listening and hearing all of the dangers. So follow the directions that your surgeon gives you. I think that's the biggest key. And commit for a year. Yes. And go over and follow TRIO um, because we want you mm-hmm. guys to check that out because they are literally there for us, guys. Remember, it's treatment, research, education for obesity. Yes. So, and um, yes. And we will have all of that linked below. Yeah. So make sure that you go and click on their new website and click on the, the Instagram mm-hmm. and all of their social media platforms. That's right. And make sure that you're getting, because you guys do a newsletter on 
yeah, uh, email so newsletter. That, yeah, so that that's part of our rebranding, uh, uh, maybe part of that. But I think what we really changed the website, trio www.triofoundation.org, okay. um, is going to have up to date information as to what's happening. And um, just to you know, for patients, if they ever want to give back because they they feel grateful towards their surgeon, you can you know donate a few dollars mm-hmm. under your surgeon's name, um, oh, and it's all going to go towards research that's going to continue to improve um, the the surgical aspects how it's impacting our lives. And, and so, you know, going on there and clicking on and, and contributing is a great way to give back. Oh, awesome. I love that. I love that. I did I not know that. No, so I'm excited about that. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on again. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And of course, we'll probably have you on again. <laughs> like, love to see just... you guys. Can't wait to see you in Las Vegas and then uh, in DC. Yeah. All right. all right. We love you guys and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey listeners, if you enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform you get your podcasts. And don't forget to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP for all your support needs. That's right. And we even have our own website. So go over to arslevipodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, get that free ebook, and then don't forget to get your merch. And also we're on YouTube guys. So type in our name, hit that bell and hit subscribe. And you're going to see our lovely faces every single Tuesday. So thank you for listening to our sleep life podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. 